Hi, I'm Meredith. Hi, I'm Joseph, and you are listening to Are You Waiting for Permission? It's a podcast for those who don't want to wait any longer. Hello, hello, Eli Hans. Good morning. Oh, always a pleasure to see you here on Are You Waiting for Permission podcast and live stream. Thank you. Always a pleasure to see you here and just outside the door in the living room and everywhere else in my life. And we have a special guest with us today. Did you know that? Yes, I did, Lisa. Hi, good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry I'm a little late. No, it's perfect. Just to catch everybody up onto the same page, Eli, can you hear me okay? Yes, you're doing great. Great. So this is typically a podcast with my beloved Meredith Grundy, who is traveling today. So she's like MIA. She's missing in action. So instead... We have my beloved Eli Hans, who I have joyfully and luckily been married to for the past 23 years. He's been a guest on our podcast a couple of times. He is a consummate performer and voiceover actor. And we have this really fabulous guest today named Lisa Hopkins. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good morning. Happy New Year to you as well. So, To let our listeners and our viewers let know who you are, I just want to read that Lisa is a certified professional coach, energy energy leadership master practitioner, otherwise known as Eli. Eli, let me know. He's like, I know all about that this morning. And core performance dynamic specialist, a dedicated lifelong learner. She's been trained in positive psychology and mental fitness and continues her ongoing studies in mental health mindfulness and spirituality let's just take a breath over that mental health mindfulness and spirituality lisa is a passionate creative professional with over 25 years experience working in the performance arts industry we have a lot in common there as a director choreographer producer writer and dance educator she hosts a popular podcast stop time all one word stop time she is live in the moment and has a vision to share the power of her coaching work with the entertainment community and beyond by creating safe mentally and spiritually healthy spaces Mm. for all to thrive creatively and become artists of their lives wow welcome welcome, lisa hopkins that is beautiful great work lisa oh thank you so much it's the love of my life working with uh helping people in the world that are being creative and making impact to make impact (laughs) Mm. i love that very much. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to go out on a limb and Eli jump in here at any point. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that there had to be moments in your lives, Lisa, where you needed to give yourself permission to do this kind of work. Cause this is not the kind of work we grow up learning in high school or elementary school or necessarily even in college. So Tell us a little bit about your origin story, my love. Yeah, no, for sure. It's interesting. The permission piece is interesting. And maybe we'll sidebar that because it's been for me. Well, we'll sidebar that for a second because I'll go down the rabbit hole. I know. <laughs> You're allowed to do that. <laughs> I know myself. I, yeah, I mean, I grew up in Canada, actually, in the performing arts. I learned how to dance from my mother, who was untrained, grew up in a small town, but, you know, should have been in MGM kind of thing. You know what I mean? Making her own, making everybody dance. Anybody who stood in front of her could dance, uh, including myself. 
I um, went on to major in dance, actually in Canada. My first love, she put me in ballet. So, you know, get my training, but she taught, she taught me to dance. I mean, she taught me the, the tap and jazz, which is really my thing. And, um, but I went on to major, I, I really wanted to go to school. So I majored in dance before I came to New York, I majored in dance. Um, and in Canada, you can't, you know, jazz and tap are American art forms. So needless to say, I mean, now I think it's more accessible and musical theater is an American. So, so it's more accessible, but at the time, you know, my choices were to go do modern and ballet, which I had never done modern dance really. Anyways, long story short, fast forward, I loved it. And it, it fulfilled my, you know, my passion to learn, to grow, to work with people, to create all the things I love to do, which are no different than what I'm doing still today. And that's my big lesson, right? Is that it's not what we're doing, it's who we're being, mm. you know? And during the pandemic, so, well, you wanted my origin story. So real quick, I'll just do a Reader's Digest version. Mm. So got my degree. That was important to me. Education is super important. But then as soon as I could, went to New York um, on a student visa, studying with Phil Black um, at Broadway Dance Center. It was the only way I could live and work. I ended up working on my visa. It was crazy at the time. I had a social security number as a student that, that is the same one that I have now. I mean, I'm a citizen now, I've, you know, full, I'm a total American citizen, dual citizen. But at the time it was crazy. So there was this fine line. And anyways, long story short is I, I worked that angle. Um, <laughs> and I spent my life um, really training, dancing, touring, but I always wanted to create, always wanted to create even more than perform. And when I was young, my, my teachers would always say to me, but Lisa, you know, you can do that later, you know, but that again, as a coach from, that's a limiting belief. I mean, you know, that, that you can't just go in and do it, right? When you say you always wanted to create, yeah. what do you mean by creating? Are you talking about choreographing, creating shows? At the time, that's exactly how it manifested. That's right. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in the studio, whether it was in a class or with, uh, with you know, and my husband's a composer, so we went on to, to do theatrical productions, you know, create them worldwide. Mm -hmm. But the, yes, my joy was always being in the room and teaching and learning and exchanging. I love to teach. I love to teach dance. I still teach dance. And that interaction was so important to me because I think it's the energetic exchange that I loved, right? It's the, the creating stories, yes, of course, right? The, the sharing stories, the uplifting audiences, all of that, love, love, love. But what really appealed to me, I realized what I wanted to share, which is my energy, which I can do beyond proscenium that's how i transitioned into coaching because i kept feeling like my god how can everybody not see the world i the way i see it you know and for the people i loved and cared about i thought ah oh, people don't see things the way i see them not because i'm so you know altruistic and and you know self-actualized <laughs> i i kind of came to it naturally like my i think i was always like that i mean when i went to new york i was not the best dancer i had a friggin' student visa was there ever a time um when you felt like you were up against like the saran wrap of fear or resistance or when you had to take a leap of faith into something scary? It's such a good question for me and I'm not trying to be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that on a t-shirt and wear it around town. I'm not trying to be difficult. Because I, Eli, like I have, when I was in coach training, 
all my colleagues, and I, and I studied in a very sort of extensive program in New York, that one of our ex big exercises was to find our gremlins and find our negative self-talk and all that. And I had such a hard time. And it's not, again, not because I'm, I am not toxic positivity, not at all. And in fact, quite the opposite. I mean, I see both sides. But I had a really hard time finding, like, I always just believed in myself, not because I thought I was talented. It really was a deeper level energy thing. And I thought, if I give of myself, then it will come back. It's, it's whatever the gift is, whether it be dance or coaching or whatever I do. And, you know, now that Eli, I love that you asked me that because now people need to keep asking me that because there was one time, and this is, this is bizarre and probably not what you're looking for. I remember feeling that energy as a young girl and expecting that my grandmother, my family member would understand this way of talking and that I could be completely honest and real and that she would get it and she would open up, but she didn't. That was one of those moments where I didn't understand. I was too young to understand, right? And I was, I was not a precocious kid at all. I was definitely a listener. Um, but as I, as I you know, went into the arts and all that, everybody assumes because I'm leading rooms and things that I'm this A-type personality. And when Lisa walks in the room, you know, so people would expect that of me now. But back in the day when I wanted to give it, does that make sense? I know I told you rabbit hole. I warned you. <laughs> so what, what I get curious about, and I'm actually going to pass this over to Eli, because I know he has some thoughts on this. And that is one of the things you said, Lisa, was I always believed in myself. And Eli and I, as coaches, we come up against a boatload of people who do not have that gift. So Eli, what do you want to say about those of us who believe in ourselves and those of us who don't believe in ourselves? And what's the secret sauce between those two? Because that's huge to be able to have that and grow up with that. What well, do you I mean, got? You know, I've always wondered about, you know, those people who become really successful early in life, you know, like Madonna and people that mm -hmm. just knew they wanted to be singers or performers or movie stars or doctors or people who are kind of born having the clarity of what where they want to step into right and then there's other people like me and many 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 other millions of people who are trying to figure out how to maneuver through all that and what is my gift what is my calling and who am i here to be in this world you know not everybody has that clarity from the beginning you know, like you seem to have known Lisa kind of what you wanted to do. And you had your mother who taught you uh, right away, like you had a, a vessel to go into. But a lot of people going through life still, at, even at, at my age, trying to figure out who am I and how, where do I belong? So I think that the issue of clarity is so huge, you know, and also not only having the clarity, but then and in alignment with, are you waiting for permission? Giving ourselves permission to step into that bigger arena, even though it's scary, you know? So I'm curious, Lisa, about, you know, when you've stepped into bigger and bigger things, how have you kind of maneuvered through that? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. And <clears throat> for me, what I've learned in my journey is that mm. it's, it's not about, Yes, I was lucky that my mom taught me to dance, but that was not what is going to define me. I didn't become, I mean, I wasn't Cynthia Rubia. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I was just random girl from, from Canada doing her thing. 
that's the thing that I applied my agency to at the time. I, I truly believe that the voice inside me would have applied itself to whatever it was that I thought I was doing. And I had a young mind. So at the time I was dancing. So it kind of made sense. Hell yeah, I'm going to go to New York. You know, I had that kind of chutzpah, let's say. Mm -hmm. But I think in the end, ask me your question again, Eli. Ask me your, your specific question. Well, the question is, you know, some when you finally had clarity about what you wanted to do, but when you took a big leap into a bigger arena and, yeah. you know, did you have any hesitation or how did you maneuver through stepping into a larger field? Yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting thing. For me, it's about widening, right? Mm -hmm. that, the name of my website is Wide Open Stages for that reason. It's 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 a lateral move. It's an opening. So, so when you talk about waiting for permission, which I think is such a wonderful title, by the way, are you waiting for permission? Sometimes I think we're waiting for permission from the outside, right? Mm -hmm. And the permission actually comes from inside. Yes. And that's what I teach my clients. I mean, that's what I believe. I believe that, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm going to teach you to be like me. Here's me sitting and my, living my best life. You know, you'll never see a picture of me on my website in that way. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's about widening your perceptions and your attitudes so that you can receive all that is available to us. And I think I've always, or at least I've developed over the years, a very wide lens. I mean, I think it was pretty narrow. I think I had the energy force, which brought me to New York without a visa as a kid, without any reason, and to stay there and to apply for my green card and all of that, and never, never go home, to even then transition into this coaching thing, which, which happened not out of need or out of thinking I need to do something bigger or better. It, it just came naturally because I was open to it. Mm. And I think that's, I think that's the key. Mm. Okay. I'm going to back up the bus a little bit. Is that okay? Of course. So something that you said, and I asked Eli about it, and I'm still curious about it because in my mind, it's, it's not resolved and it doesn't need to be resolved today, but it's the belief in ourselves. Yeah. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know how to teach that. I don't know how to gift that to somebody else because a lot of our listeners, they're sitting at home, they're sitting alone at the kitchen table, they're lost for lack of better words, directionless, not a lot of focus. I know, and the three of us as coaches know that if they had that belief in themselves, the reality could be completely freaking different. And I'm wondering, Lisa and Eli, how can we share a belief in ourselves with others? How do we teach that or how do we foster that? I think for me, it's about holding space and it's about believing that they know the answers and that it's there and that we can connect with them in a way that we can open them up by asking them questions, literally. I, I truly believe that my clients are brilliant beyond what they can ever imagine. And whatever they're challenging with might be their context, but that the way we do anything is the way we do everything, right? So it, it, it's all related to everything. And I truly believe that by holding space, which is what I do in my work, and listening to what they're telling themselves, not what they're telling me, right? Listening deep, deep listening, and then asking questions there, but completely unattached, right? Completely unattached to me wanting them to feel better or me wanting them to achieve this great goal, but just playing back with their permission, you know, there's the permission word. The permission comes from them, 
I believe as a coach that, you know, if we were working together, Eli, I'd say, Eli, I noticed you use this word, whatever word it might be. Tell me more about that. Or, or do you want to talk a little bit more about that? You know, and you could say, Lisa, I really don't. <laughs> and I could say, no problem, because I'm not attached to go, but if I could just tell you, then I could change your life because it's not about me. It's about you. And so my gift is being intuitive enough to, to know that, to, to push them when they want pushing, to just hold space when they want, but always with permission. So I think it's kind of a cool segue, isn't it? That are you waiting for permission? It's like you have permission right? You can say no, you can say, hell yes, you can say not right now. I think those things are really important. As for teaching people how to do it, it's an interesting thing, because, you know, we could sit around and be all woo woo and feeling and, you know, I'm, I do this energy work, you know, I have a, a construct, I, I sent it over to you guys that you can share with your listeners, which I developed, my, my clients kept saying to me, Oh my God, some of the things that you have said have changed my life. And I go, what? Like, like not because I'm brilliant. These are really like, to me, we're, we're sort of very inelegant words. I love words, but you know, I, I worked on this with my clients on this concept of I get to, and it has transformed them. And I sort of, I, I turned it into this, what I call it's energetic choice. And I believe I've sort of honed it into a model that you can look at and your, your, your listeners can have the tool which is that we have five energetic choices. It's just a way of looking at it, right? It's not, it's not the answer, right? But, it, but it's a tool. And I could certainly share that with you. I don't want to take up your airspace. So you let me know where you want to go, but I'm happy to share it with you. So I'm going to throw the question over to Eli one more time. Eli, how do we foster a belief in self? Because what I'm thinking in my head, just so you know where I'm rough drafting right now, is in order to give ourselves permission we first need to believe that it's even freaking possible and that we're capable. And, you know, Lisa had a very unique growing up opportunity where you're like, I always believed in myself, but that's not true for a lot of us. And Eli, I want to ask you, can you speak into that about where does that come from? Where can that seed be germinated and how can it be fostered? Well, that's a huge question. I know, I know. Just a little. <laughs> I, I think that, that it's, a process of dropping in from our head, which tends to create a lot of confusion. Monkey you know, mind. Yeah. The monkey mind, and I should be doing this, and what could I be doing And when we stay in our head? And just really, really dropping into our heart and into our gut and try to connect to, I always, I love the word, uh, a calling, you know, like what is our life asking of us? Mm. What is our calling? What are our natural gifts that we love to do that when we do them, time just flies and zooms by? And how can we connect to that and then just kind of go through the resistance of whatever fear we might have? This is where the permission part comes to explore what that is. Because I think that when we are naturally aligned with that, life just, just mm -hmm. takes off. You know, it's like, yes, this is why I'm here. You know, and all of a sudden, just everything starts happening. Yeah. So, so I think belief comes from actually connecting to that clarity and then just going through the resistance and stepping forward, even through fear and doing, you know, just start getting engaged and taking action in things yeah. and then succeeding in those little things or finding fulfillment in them, which get, gets us enthused in following and doing more. 
Lisa, I see you like nodding your head and getting yeah. so excited over there. What do you want to add to Mr. Eli Hans? Well, I, I love where you're going with this. And I think, I think the clarity piece, um, if we go one layer deep in the clarity is getting clear about what our values are. Mm-hmm. Because when we are connected to our values, we understand why we do something. And I think, I think people get really, really stuck on what is it that I like to do? What is it? And I think, I think if you can dig into your why, into your values, that then there's going to be a plethora of applications to that. Mm. You know, I my transitioning from being in the theater full time and being in the dance studio full time to coaching full time, you know, and podcasting and writing, they're all the kind of the same thing. They're all connected to connecting with people, to, um, you know, energy, to creativity, all of these things. So they're still connected to my why. So I think I think that that is a big key is is why you're doing things at the time when i was pursuing dance it's you know it it clicked those boxes my values again i was young i didn't know right i was just following talk, talk about a little bit about when you say your values um clarify what that means yeah no for sure i love that i love that you asked me that i think our values for instance one of my biggest I have lots of different ones and i think they show up contextually too but when we talk about guiding principles that's where our values live or our personal mission. Um, you hear it a lot in, in companies, right? With the, This is our mission statement. These are our values, blah, blah, blah. But for people, for one-on-one singular people, we all have value systems. Some of them we inherited. Some of them were taught to us as children. All of them were taught to us as children. And then along the way somewhere, some of them became limiting beliefs. But give us some ideas of like values. Oh, absolutely. So values, authenticity, connection, um, honesty, um, freedom, impact, expression. freedom, respect, um, joy, inspiration, creativity is a huge value. So it's not a value for everybody. We assume because we're creative people. Mm. It's a gift to have that as a value. So you can wake up in the morning. Words words that kind of um, click all the little inner bells inside of us that turn on all our switches. Then we come up with some of those words that you just referred to. And we feel like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of how we start connecting with a value that's important to us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. um, One of my clients, um, of course, in the in the arts, um, you know, very high performing, very successful, you know, not, you know, my clients don't come to me going, oh, my God, I'm so depressed. You know, they want to go to the next level, make more impact. Well, he one of the things that we did with him was he said, oh, you know, I've got my whiteboard and I've got all this stuff to do. And, you know, you, you get caught in the mess, in the weeds. And I said, why don't on your whiteboard, instead of saying your to do list, why don't you why don't we kind of mine your values? What's really important to you right now? And I think he came up with some of those, like connection and you know whatever that might be. And there were five of them. And they said, now look at your to-do list. And when you wake up in the morning and you go, I got to call this person and I got to send my resume and I got to clean the toilet or whatever it might be. <laughs> I mean, everything, right? It's not all these, these yeah. esoteric things. Then you're able to put them on a list. So where does cleaning my toilet fit into my values. Well, it fits into, I, I respect my body. I respect my environment mm. or, or whatever it might be. You, you know, your values are yours to create, but it's a wonderful way to sort of look at your whiteboard or look at your list and say, I am contributing to what 
matters to me, as opposed to I am scratching things off of my list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big difference. I think that... Yeah. yeah, Eli, I'm just noticing the time and we're over. Okay. So I want to invite our listeners and now our viewers to find Lisa Hopkins at wideopenspaces.com. And you can find this guy at elihans.com, E-L-I-H-A-N-S.com. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for being here, listening and enjoying Are You Waiting for Permission? And Lisa Hopkins, any micro movements, micro steps, micro actions for our listeners. One thing that they could do today to move towards this belief in self or move towards giving themselves permission. What do you 100, got? 100%. I would say sit down for five minutes, write values down and say, and sit with yourself. Just like Eli asked me and said, what, what do you mean values? Ask yourself that question, see what you come up with and then try for a week. Just even if it's just one and see how see how that value, how you're showing up for that value and see where it leads. Mm, beautiful. Eli, same question. What's one micro action for our listeners and our viewers for them to give themselves today? Well, I'll share the tool that I use every day, which uh, has really transformed my life. And that is if you like wear these glasses like filters and the filter is, does this activity, does this person feed my soul? And if the answer is yes, go for it. And if the answer is no, find a way to get it out of your life. <laughs> it's yeah. like get engaged in things that really feed you and make you happy and joyful inside. Mm. I'm going to answer my own question. And <laughs> listeners and viewers, I invite you to look at and consider the word TEAM, T-E-A-M. It's an acronym for Together Everyone Achieves Miracles. And who's on your team? Who is lifting you up? Who is helping you believe in yourself? Please, for the love of God, in 2024, have at least two people. Because one of them is going to be busy sometimes. Have at mm. least two people on your team. Together, everyone achieves miracles that can help lift you up and believe in yourself. Beautiful. Love it. Thank you. Thanks for being our guest. Wideopenspaces.com to connect with Lisa Hopkins. It's actually wideopenstages.com. I know. Stages. You got it. There you go. Wideopenstages.com. Thank you. You guys, what a pleasure. Thanks for being here. What a great way to start the year. <laughs> we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Are You Waiting for Permission? If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave us a review. We would sure appreciate it. Also, we want to give a special shout out to Amy Shelley and Gary Grundy of High Fiction for letting us use their music in this podcast. All right, my friends, until next week, bye.